So in 1988, the Irish rock band U2 released a song that would kind of define them as a band. And it really ended up solidifying them as one of the greatest bands of our generation. The song you're hearing playing is called I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. You know, by this point, 1988, U2 was playing on huge stages. They were already big time. And so this song kind of spoke to their experience because, you see, they had done all this stuff. They had, they had, they had whatever they wanted. They had all these crazy experiences. And yet, they wrote this song and it was all about, you know, we've done all this stuff, but we still haven't found what we're looking for. And you might have heard this song before. I don't know that I ever really paid close attention to the lyrics in the last verse. Because in the last verse of this song, the lyrics actually turned from like all these things that they've done out in the world, and it turned to faith in Jesus Christ. I want you to check out the words and listen to the words as you hear as they sing this last verse. No, I believe it, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Does that strike you as interesting? So, I believe it. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that he died for me. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I don't know if that strikes a chord with you, but it certainly does with me. Because I'm that guy. I am at a place where I have put my faith in Jesus Christ as my Savior. I believe it. But yet, if I'm going to be really honest, there are days where I still haven't found what I'm looking for. How about you? If you're here today, first of all, if you're here today and you haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you're here and you're just kind of checking out Christianity, you're still trying to figure out who Jesus is, we are so glad that you're here. You are right where you need to be right now, okay? We're, we're, we're thrilled, okay? But just for a second, I want to talk to those who have already put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Do you ever... Have those days where you feel like, I st- yeah, I, I believe it, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Sometimes I feel that way. I feel like some days I feel like there's still something missing. Well, if you feel that way, you're certainly not alone. In the Bible, in the New Testament Gospel of John chapter 8, which is where we're going to spend our time today, Jesus is actually having this discourse. He's debating with a group of religious people. They're a group of Jewish people. Jesus was Jewish as well. And uh, he's debating with them. And this is a group of people that they still haven't found what they're looking for. They're actually looking for this Messiah, this Savior who's going to come free them, who's going to restore Israel to its rightful position, and is going to free them from Roman rule. And they're waiting for this Savior. And Jesus is like, hey, I'm right here. I'm the Savior. Right here, guys. I'm the light of the world. And they're totally missing it. They're like, what? How could you be 
the Savior. That's not, that's, and, and so there's this, there's this back and forth. And look what Jesus says in verses 23 and 24, John chapter 8. It says, Jesus said, you're tied down to the mundane. I'm in touch with what is beyond your horizon. You're thinking physical, I'm thinking spiritual. You live in terms of what you see and touch. I'm living on other terms. I told you that you are missing God in all this. You're at a dead end. If you won't believe I am who I say I am, you're at the dead end of sins. You're missing God in your lives. And then there's some more back and forth that goes on between Jesus and his fellow Jewish people. And then at this point in verse 30, it says that many people decided that they were going to go ahead and believe him. They're going to go ahead and believe. And it says in verse 31, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, what Jesus is doing here is actually very deliberate to this group of people because he actually knows that they don't fully believe. And so what he says to them, if you really believe, then you're going to hold to my teaching. And then, then, then you'll know this truth, and the truth will set you free. See, he knew their hearts. And, and actually, if you read through the end of John chapter 8, you find out that this same group of people that in verse 30 said, oh yeah, we, we, we believe, by the end of chapter 8, they are picking up rocks to stone Jesus. They're so infuriated with what he's teaching. He's like, look, if you hold to my teaching, then you really are my disciples. So how does this speak to us today? Because these verses, these two verses is where we are going to really dig in today and figure out how this applies to us. And I tell you, I don't know about you, but I love verse 32. There's just something about it that just sounds cool, you know? You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Man, even if you don't understand what that necessarily is about, you're like, yeah, it just kind of makes you want to go, amen, you will know the truth. And, and here's the thing. In this country, we love freedom, don't we? I mean, we are, we are, this is the land of the free and the home of the brave. You know what I'm saying? So we just, hey, yeah, freedom, I want to be free. That's awesome. And if you think about it, much of the way that we live our lives, the way we structure our goals, particularly our financial goals and our career goals, they're all kind of driving at one thing, right? That retirement fund getting big enough so I can sign on out, right? I can live wherever I want. I can do whatever I want. I don't have to be in chains to the man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can just have total freedom. That's like the ultimate American goal, isn't it? That we could be free. And so we hear this first and we're like, man, that sounds cool. I don't know exactly what it means, but you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. Well, what I want us to notice today is how verse 32 is actually linked to the verse before it. Okay, So the way that we'll know the truth is actually linked to what Jesus says in verse 31. There's this if-then statement that's powerful for us. What Jesus is saying is, if you hold to my teaching, then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You catch that if-then statement? If you hold to my teaching, then you'll know the truth and it leads to freedom and it leads to really living and not just existing. What we've been going in this whole series that we're tying a bow on today. 
What's interesting about that is just how paradoxical it sounds, right? Because what Jesus is saying there is, you want true freedom? I mean, you want to really live life. You know what you got to do? You got to hold to all my teachings. You got to do everything that I say. What Jesus is saying is, if you want total freedom, you got to give me complete obedience. Now, who in this room thinks that that sounds liberating? Oh, yeah, man, sign me up for the complete obedience. That just sounds incredible, right? That, that's, that's messed up. I got a couple guys, Jesse and Matt, if you guys would jump up on stage just super quick, hop right on up here, gentlemen. They're going to kind of help me to be an object lesson. So let's just say for a minute that, um, that Matt here is really searching. He feels this U2 thing. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And so he goes to Jesse, and he says, Hey, Jesse, you know, I'm, really look, I'm looking to be set free in my life. You know, could you help me? And Jesse says, absolutely, Matt. Here's what, here's what, you want true freedom? You want to really live, Matt? Jesse goes, just obey everything I tell you for the rest of your life. You know, whatever I do, you do. Whatever I don't do, you don't do. You come follow me, be my disciple. Just whatever, anything I tell you, don't question it, it's gospel. Just, just do it. Matt, do you feel free? Not a bit. No, no, not a bit, Right? This is, this is messed up. This is a messed up scenario. The only way this scenario is not messed up is if Jesse over here is God, right? If Jesse is God and he has, like, everything he says that comes out of his mouth is divinely inspired. If everything he says is absolutely true and life-changing, then and only then does not even have a hope that he would be set free by what Jesse's saying. All right, thanks, men. Appreciate it. That's it. You're done. Beautiful. The only way that works is if Jesse is actually Jesus Christ. But here's my problem. Even if I'm... Okay, so let's, let's, let's suppose that, that, that Jesse is Jesus. Okay, so, so now I'm like, okay, so here's Jesus, and here's me, and Jesus says, you want to be free, you want to have... Just really live, then just hold everything that I hold everything that I say. Here's my thing. That still doesn't feel freeing to me, even though it's Jesus Christ. It just doesn't feel freeing. Because you see, I remember some of the things that Jesus teaches, and I don't like that very much. Okay? So you remember Jesus spent a lot of time hanging out with sinners, right? I mean, he basically spent the majority of his ministry on the margins of society. Now while he wasn't out there like condemning people and telling all these sinners that they were going to hell, right? He, he never did that. He never did that. He was loving them, teaching them, trying to bring them in. But you know what he also did? He also said, okay, you're forgiven. Now go and what? Leave your life of sin. Go now and sin no more. Jesus is pretty clear on that, that we're not supposed to be sinning. We're supposed to be turning away from sin. Well, here's my thing, man. Sin feels good, doesn't it? I mean, come on, let, let's be real. Oh, you know, you might have heard someone say, oh, no, sin doesn't feel good. Well, come on now. Sin feels good. Not, not long term, but in that moment, sin feels really good. So Jesus is like, no, no, all that, all that stuff that feels good, kind of instant gratification stuff, no, you leave all that behind. Oh, man, that's, that's tough. But that, that pales in comparison for me. To, to the fact that Jesus Christ, his position on service. And I, I actually like service. I like to 
serve. But you see, here's the thing with Jesus. It's not like he says, okay, guys, what I want you to do is make sure that at least once a week you serve somebody. Jesus doesn't say that. It's not once a day or even a few times a day or even every hour. What Jesus says is he says, listen, the whole reason that I came to this earth, every second that Jesus was on this earth, he was in the posture of a servant. He was here to serve with his very being. That's what his entire mission was from start to finish. And what he says to us as his followers is we are called to do the exact same thing. We are called to serve. Not like every once in a while when we feel like it, but all the time. We're to to consider other people better than us, to put their needs first, to die to ourselves. How in the world is that freeing? Who here thinks that that's like a great idea? You want to be free? You want to have total freedom? You really live? Just go and serve everybody. Just consider everybody better than yourself. Just be the servant of all. That's, that's crazy to me. That's totally crazy to me. And this thing can sound completely ridiculous. But I got to tell you something. For those of you who don't know, it's absolutely true. When I was in my early 20s, I was living in Cincinnati, and um, I had been away from church and had really kind of come to a place where um, I didn't really know what I believed about anything. And I, I was pretty sure that I didn't believe in Christianity and the Bible and uh, in Jesus, but I believed in something beyond myself. And so anyway, I, I was dating this smoking hot redhead. Uh, who is now my wife. And, um, you know, love will make you do crazy things, right? I mean, just crazy things. So, so she was starting to go to this church that was a lot like this church here, Grace. Um, it was meeting right down the street from my house, met in a school, and she started kind of saying, hey, you should come sometime, you should come sometime. And so finally she wore me down, and I started coming to this church. And the church in Cincinnati, what I loved about it was it was a church very much like Grace, in that you could come just exactly as you are. There was no dress code, but more importantly than that, you could come with all sorts of questions and issues and doubts and struggles. And you know, wherever you are, they're like, we'll meet you where you are, because God does, so we will too. And so in the course of about a year and a half, I, I started coming, and I realized I could, I could ask any question I wanted, and I can really wrestle with this stuff. But you know, I got to tell you, where, where, my, where I started to gain traction in my spiritual journey, where instead of just feeling like I was spinning my wheels, I started to move forward in my journey, was actually when I applied a principle that we see in John seven seventeen. This was absolutely formational for me. It's one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. And it says this. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. So what Jesus is saying here to us is he's like, listen, you want to figure out whether I am who I say I am, like whether I'm God or whether I was just, you know, some pretty cool mystical thinker, some great rabbi, some great teacher. He says, here's what you do. Just start doing what I say and see for yourself. Once you start to do what I say, Jesus is saying here, you'll know. 
You'll know whether this is of God or whether it's not. Plain and simple. And so for me, what I started doing is I would hear these creative, interesting sermons every Sunday. And um, these, it was two pastors, and they would just really, they would open up this Bible, and they would start to teach from it, and like stuff would come to life, and it would, it would intersect with my life. And I was like, wow. But you know what? When I just started doing those things that Jesus teaches us to do, when I started applying the truth of the Bible to my life, all of a sudden, and it wasn't everything that I initially thought I wanted to do, but principles, I was like, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe I can see how that makes make sense. When I started to do that, you guys, I started to find freedom. I started to find all this joy the, in, in unknown places, serving other people, and what a rush that was. You know, telling you to give more aggressively and, and sacrifice more and do these different things. And all of a sudden, I realized my life was getting better. I was experiencing more peace, more satisfaction in my life. I was getting free. It was, it was incredible. And it was actually through this process where I just said, you know what? Okay, I'm going to put you to the test, Jesus. I'm just going to start doing this stuff. But I actually came to the place where I realized this is absolutely true. On the surface, these teachings, these commands seem preposterous. It's like everything's upside down. But when I started doing it, I realized, wow, this is real life. This is where I'm really living. I truly am set free. Now, fast forward about 15 years later to today. I got to tell you, as amazing as all that was, that process of me coming to faith, today, there are still times in my life where I feel like I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You know? Still, maybe something is missing. I'm not truly satisfied. These feelings and thoughts come and go in my life. And I got to tell you, if, if you've ever heard somebody say, or maybe somehow you've picked up this idea that, you know, once you come to faith in Jesus Christ, everything is just like, woo, you know, you are just riding high. You are just forever on this like spiritual mountaintop and you never come down and you always feel good. And I mean, I don't know where that comes from because that's just flat out not true. Okay. It is an amazing thing. Okay, and God does meet us there, and, and, and there's incredible stuff that happens in our lives. But the reality is we still have moments where we find that we, we feel like we haven't found what we're looking for. And so what I, what I want to try and give you here is a way to not like ensure that you're always going to be there, because I don't know that you'll ever always be on that mountaintop, okay? But to try and come as close as we can, as often as we can, let me, let me give you this one little phrase here, and, and maybe it'll stick, maybe it'll help you. So, to really live life, submit and apply. To really live life, submit and apply. Now, let me unpack this. All right, so Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, then you will know the truth that sets you free. Okay, then you'll really live. If you hold to my teaching, if we are going to hold to Jesus' teaching, the first thing that we have to do to really live life is we have to submit. There's no way possible we can hold to Jesus' teaching if we are not submitted first 
to him. James 4, 7, the New Testament. It says, submit yourselves to God. Submit yourselves to God. Now, this is one of those words that we just, you know, oh, submit. Oh, that's a beautiful word. That's total freedom right there, right? I mean, it doesn't make any sense again. But here, listen, this, this is what we're after, okay? You may have a million questions that are unresolved. You may have a ton of doubts in this journey of faith. You may have stuff that you don't even like, you know, that, that you read sometimes, that you, that you disagree with. What submitting to God is all about is saying, you know what, God? I recognize that there's a bunch of stuff that I don't understand. But because you say so, I will. Because you say so, I will. You know, I don't necessarily comprehend everything in this Bible, which is your inspired word to us, God. But this is like the number one way that you speak to people in this world. And even though I don't fully understand it, God, because you say so, I will. It's just, it's basically coming to a place where we say, you know what? I just have to give Jesus the authority in my life. I have to give the Bible the authority in my life. I'm just going to do what it says. Now, you may, I mean, this might sound totally crazy to you, and you're like, I, I don't think I'm ready to do that. Let me, let, let's, just, let's just channel our John 7, 17, where Jesus t- gives us this test, right? He says, you want to find out? Give it a shot, all right? So I challenge you to do something. I challenge you to set a period of time, depending on how ambitious you are. It might be a week, it might be a month, whatever it is, okay? And say, okay, okay, God, for the next 30 days, you know, I, I'm, I'm not satisfied where I am right now, okay? I, I want to really live. So for the next 30 days, God, no matter what I sense you saying, no matter what I read you saying to me, no matter what I hear you saying to me, Jesus, even if I don't fully get it, even if there's part of me that, that you know, doesn't like it, because you say so, I will. Just set a period of time and just do a test. Say, you know, for that amount of time, I'm going to put my questions to the side. I'm going to put all my doubts to the side. Just for a period of time, and questions or doubts are really important in your journey, okay? Very important. But just put them to the side just for a small period of time. And just say, okay, God, you know what? I, and, and i got to tell you something. I'm, i got more questions and doubts now than I think I did 15 years ago when I really started. And so I realize, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but... There's a whole ton of stuff that you're not ever going to really know this side of heaven. So put those to the side for a period of time and just say, okay, God, because you say so, I will. That's going to be my posture for the next however many days. Okay, so to really live life, you have to submit first. You've got to submit yourself to the authority of God and his word. And the second thing is you have to apply. What do I mean by that? Look at James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. It says, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. The word is the word of God, the Bible. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives 
freedom. That's this book. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whoever looks perfectly, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, whoever holds to my teaching, they will be blessed in what they do. So it's not just about hearing from God. It's not just about hearing or reading his word, but it's actually taking it and applying it to our lives. I remember um, I was at that church in Cincinnati where I, I came to really to understand my faith. And, um, and there was one sermon, the pastor was talking about something. I don't even remember what the sermon was about, but he like did this sidebar and it was totally unscripted. And, and he, he looked at everyone and he just said, listen, he said, listen. If you're coming to this church and nothing in your life is changing, I don't know that you should be coming. He said, if nothing about your life is getting better, your relationships aren't improving, there's no more peace in your life, you're not becoming a more loving person, you're not becoming a more patient person, like there is absolutely nothing in your life that's changing. And you're just coming in week in and week out for an hour. He goes, you know what? You, you could probably spend better an hour somewhere better than here. He said, you know, practice your golf swing. I mean, at least that's going to translate into something, you know, on the golf course. Sleep in for an hour. Maybe you won't be as grumpy on Sunday afternoon. He's like, if nothing is changing, why are you here? You remember that Nike slogan back a number of years ago? They said, just do it. That's what this is all about. Just do it. Just do it. To really live life. Here's the deal. If we are going to hold to Jesus' teachings so that we can experience this, this truth that sets us free, if we're going to do that, we have to submit ourselves first and we have to apply God's word to our lives. Now, I'm not saying that we can just reduce God to this formula, okay? And that every time, okay, well, I've just, I'm submitted and I'm applying this stuff and that's just, that's just the, the answer, you know? That's just, ooh, it's just going to be perfect every time. I'm not saying that. This is, this, is a, this is a relationship, you know? This isn't a formula that we've got here. But here's what I know about myself, and I'm going to close with this and then the team's going to come up in just a minute. I know for me that there are times when I feel like I still haven't found what I'm looking for, where I, I just don't feel truly fulfilled. And when I take a good look at myself, I realize I am not fully submitted. I'm not. What I realize is that I'm submitted in many ways in the areas that are convenient or comfortable for me. In those ways, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm totally on board with this Jesus. Yeah, I am, I'm all over it. I'm going to Haiti next week, you know, like it's going to be, that's going to be amazing because I like to do that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? I, I enjoy it, okay? But then there's other things over here and where Jesus says other things like go and sin no more, right? I'm like, ooh. Or, um, or you know, where, where Jesus says, um, you know, you're to, you're to consider everybody better than you. Bless your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. I'm like, no, not, you don't know some of those people, Jesus. You know, really, you don't. And what I realize is I'm not fully submitted. I'm not. Submitting to every part of Jesus' teachings and every part of God's word, that's tough. But if you really want to know the truth that sets you free, that's what Jesus says that we're to do. So what I want you to do here today 
is just, and, and you know, if, if you're here and you're still trying to figure out who Jesus is, you get a huge waiver on this one, which you should be thrilled about, okay? You get a huge waiver. You, you don't, if you don't believe Jesus is the Son of God, you actually don't have to be fully submitted to Jesus. Now, if you want to figure out if he is, then I invite you to try and submit yourself, and then you'll kind of have that nice test. You can be able to figure it out. But technically, you're off the hook. Now, the rest of us, if we believe in Jesus as our Savior who died for us, we are technically, when we follow him, we're fully submitted to him. So what I want to ask you is, are you fully submitted? Have you fully submitted yourself to God? Are there certain things that God says that you're like, eh, not right now? Eh, I don't know. Or are you fully submitted? Do you have a because you say so, I will mentality to whatever God has to say to you? This is really, really tough stuff. I know it's tough for me, but I want to challenge you because to really live, to really live life, you've got to submit and apply. Let's pray. God, um, it's this crazy thing in this life that despite all that we have, God, all the many blessings and all the great things in our lives, that we have those days where we still feel like we haven't found what it is that we're looking for. Even some of us who, you know, believe in you, Jesus, believe that what you've done for us is this most amazing thing, but yet we still feel like something's missing. God, help us to realize that ultimate fulfillment and ultimate satisfaction and meaning and freedom are found only in you. Lord, help us to understand and apply this divine paradox to our lives that it's actually by submitting ourselves to you and by applying your words to our lives that we really live. Help us to see those areas in our lives where where we're not fully submitted. Maybe help us to ask somebody this week who might challenge us there, speak truth into our lives, God. We long to really live. Help us to push into those areas. Give us the courage, God, to push into those areas and to submit ourselves in those areas of our lives that we don't really want to. But you want us to for our good and your glory. In Christ's name. Amen.